0: Hello everyone, just a heads up that in order to maintain the weekly schedule, I am going to switch our release date from Mondays to Wednesdays as a result of my weird and busier schedule this semester. That's going to be starting next week instead of February 7th, which is a Monday. We will be releasing our episode on February 9th and continuing on Wednesdays moving forward. But don't worry, you won't go through too much withdrawal because we'll release a little something extra for you on that Monday. You'll get one of our outtakes episodes that would usually be for patrons only. So you'll at least get to hear us a little bit on Monday the 7th. Thanks and enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello! Hello! Yay! Hi! It worked! Excellent! Woo! Fantastic. How are you? I'm doing okay, I think, I guess. I don't know. How are you? (laughs) I'm fine. I'm tired. It's been a busy few days. Yeah. I accidentally missed a uh, doctor's appointment today. Oops. It was only supposed to be on the Zooms. So yeah. I knew about it, but I stepped away from my desk and didn't bring my Aww. phone. So when appointment time came, I was nowhere to be there. And yeah. Oops. That's annoying. So sorry, doctor.
0: Very Yay. annoying.
1: What are you busy with? Uh,
0: classes started today, at least at one of the schools that Ooh. I work at. And then a piece of equipment broke at the brewery yesterday, and I spent like an hour and a half probably trying to fix it unsuccessfully. So that means I have to go in an extra day this week to try to fix that stupid thing and finish the work that I was doing on it before it broke. And that's annoying.
1: That is annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't think they hired you to repair machinery. It was sure not
0: in my job description, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yay. Biologist... And apparently also chemist and technician.
1: <laughs>
0: Repair technician.
1: <laughs> Mary of all trades. I am. It's very true.
0: Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Fighting with machinery and fielding emails from students who already can't even, even though classes hadn't started yet. <laughs> and uh, then, start then starting classes.
1: <laughs> Yay! Yeah. I'm
0: like, come on, guys. This uh this doesn't make me feel optimistic if you're already all emailing me about all these issues that you have.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah.
0: And then I think I mentioned to you about my colleague who also emailed me about his issues that he had with his schedule. He's teaching a, lecture, a lab section that goes with with one of my lectures, and he was emailing me all upset about his schedule and how it wasn't what he thought it was going to be. And I'm like, well, I don't make these
1: decisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah. So, Yeah been a fun week so that little tiny house i showed you a picture of i don't know where i sent you a link for i'm gonna go look at it it's already under contract and i don't actually not actually in a spot to like really buy a house but i'm gonna go look at it anyway so that's cool i was like sure
0: why not awesome when's that gonna be yeah
1: tomorrow (gasps) nice Tomorrow. that's very exciting
0: yeah i've been seeing a bunch of houses that i want and not ready yet to buy any of them but i want them next
1: year highly motivated now next year yeah another terrible thing about my apartment complex just got sold yeah i don't know if i I know this but i don't know that you mentioned it on here you
0: mentioned (laughs) landlord issues i don't think you said what though
1: yeah yeah so the complex just got sold to who knows some faceless llc so i don't know what's going to happen with my rent i am a person who does not enjoy change Or as Very a true. woman I was talking to the other day about the situation said to me, wow, you're conservative. And I was like, that is not a word I would oh, have ever applied no, to that myself. I, but, that I would not but I can, use for I you. I can see what she's talking about since I've lived in the same place yeah. for so long and I've worked in the same job and I've had the same. I'm like, I understand where I, where you're coming from, yeah. but that is not. Yeah, that's not a good Definitely word these days for Definitely not the term me. I would choose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, they sold it. So I don't know what's going to happen with rent money. Yeah. And also, I realized the fact that I live in close proximity to a college. Multiple colleges. Multiple There's colleges. Like three or four all in easy access of where yeah. you are. But literally next to one. And True. I was, the previous landlords of mine were very careful about who they rented to yeah. and did not make that into like a college dorm type apartment complex and i don't know if this new landlord will do the same right hopefully because so. i can confirm that you live
0: really convenient to that school since i often stayed sure with do. you and then walked to school or work depending on what i was doing on campus that day learning or working or both at the same time yeah.
1: <laughs> super convenient so i don't want to live around a bunch of college kids sorry yeah. i don't I'm blame you i wouldn't want to either that <laughs>
0: no offense college kids that might be listening my students are great but i don't want them as my
1: neighbors (laughs) i'm a a middle-aged lady i don't want to hang out with people in their early 20s Mm. sorry no offense everyone yeah i do also like the people that i work with who are younger as well but yeah although to be fair (laughs) we are somewhat probably louder louder
0: neighbors than any college students that might be living in this building
1: because we try our best Everybody, I feel like lots of people have dogs, and that's the loudest component of all places, I feel this like. This is
0: true. We also have two loud friends that come over every Friday, and then when those loud friends are here, we they, also get louder.
1: <laughs> they are horrible. But it is only so four loud. total
0: people, so it could be worse. Yeah. Also, uh, the, yeah. the soundproofing in here is actually mostly decent, with the exception of my treadmill, apparently. But
1: I haven't had any more issues with yeah. that still. Yeah. My walls are paper thin, yeah. and I can hear everything, yeah, and that everyone can hear me. People might be listening to the podcast through the wall right hi now. Hi, people. For all I know. Hello, neighbors. Not that
0: they'll hear me, since you're wearing headphones. But yeah, <laughs> tell them I said the hi. The walls are that thin, <laughs> even with the headphones. Tell them I said. They hi. might hear.
1: Yeah. Okay, Mary says hi. Thanks. Yeah, I bet they all say hi back. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <Yeah.
0: laughs> Our tangents are getting even more tangenty at the beginning of these episodes. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about today?
1: Today we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3 Episode 12, Jolinar's Memories. Ooh,
0: yeah. The episode opens in the gate room on Earth this time for a change. I don't think we've started an episode on Earth in a while.
1: Yeah. We have a close-up
0: of the gate which is spinning and chevrons are locking in place and then the gate opens. Sam and Jack are up in the control room talking to a random technician. I don't know that we've seen him before.
1: I feel like we might have. He looked
0: familiar, but, but
1: know his. Yeah, he doesn't his
0: have a name, so I can't really tell. Yeah. I think I have face blindness. I'm really awful at recognizing people. <laughs> <laughs> and the masks now are just making it that much worse. <laughs> I felt really bad. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I was like teaching a class one day, and one of my students from one of my other classes came in, and she's like, "Can I talk to you for a second?" I was like, "Sure." Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt really bad when because like I, in in that context of like my classroom, I could tell who she was, but I totally didn't recognize her when I saw her unexpectedly in a different classroom.
1: <laughs> and then, People out of context are hard to place. Yeah, especially yeah, when we're all remember,
0: wearing masks yeah. now. True. There was, there was actually the opposite of that. During like the one month where we didn't have to wear a mask on campus, <gasps> I uh, ran into two students from my summer class where we were wearing a mask at the whole time, and the three of us kind of stood there for a minute looking at each other like, are you, <laughs> are you, ah, oh, summer class, hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it took us all a second to register who each other was. Yeah. Oh,
1: what a good month that right? was. I know anyway
0: back in the gate room (laughs) there is no covid yet in the gate room because this is the 90s and jack and carter are there talking to the technician who as we said does not have a name apparently it is the tokra and sam is hoping it's her dad so they're all happy and they go cheerfully down to the gate room to talk to the visitors the iris opens as jack commanded and Martouf and two other tokra come down the ramp only who who Martoof. Who? Martouth. I'm Martooth? sorry. I even meant to say Martooth too. And I still <laughs> looking right at my notes that say Martooth managed to say Martoof. I'm sorry.
1: I mean, it's to be fair. He didn't have much occasion to flash them this That's time. That's true.
0: But I actually um, did notice that even when he's delivering bad news, his teeth are still brilliantly and beautifully distracting <laughs> when that comes up in a minute. Also, I wanted to mention that Martooth was the only one wearing pants <laughs> in, in my Tok'ra <laughs> pants watch. <laughs> the other two did not have pants, although one of them had really tall boots. So it was not immediately obvious that he wasn't wearing pants. The other one had knee-high boots, but this guy had like, the other guy had like mid-thigh boots.
1: Oh my God. Anyway, that's my
0: pants watch. <laughs> Moving on. They can tell right away that the Tok'ra coming through, especially Martooth, are are all looking rather somber. Carter asks what's wrong, and Martooth says that they should discuss it somewhere else. So Sam rightfully assumes that it must be something about her dad, and Martooth confirms that, yep, unfortunately, he's been taken by Sokar. They think he's still alive because Sokar is known to keep people alive just for the purposes of torturing them. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And gee, nothing we've ever heard before in any other context. Nope,
0: absolutely not. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mortuth mentions that Sokar has assumed the persona of on Earth of the one known as the devil, and Jack's like, "Bit pretentious, don't you think? Like, are you are you new? <laughs> like, <they've established laughs> they have
1: established this know. a while ago."
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they hope Selmac is still alive. They hope Jacob is still alive. But wherever they are, they are in a literal hell that has been built up by Sokar based on the biblical hell that people on earth would be familiar with so not only is he currently in hell but there is no known way to get out of there almost nobody has ever escaped so
1: sucks to be jacob yeah but it's great to be martooth with the perfect teeth <laughs> that's true <laughs> no matter what happens he could be like at least i have these teeth look at this smile how do you not feel better now and this weirdly modulated soothing voice right. as well. Right. Yes. That
0: too. He does have a very soothing voice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Add him to my list of people that I want to read me bedtime stories when I'm having fun. Right. I was
1: thinking about it when he was like guiding Sam later in yeah. the episode with the memories. I was like, oh, yep. I could listen to it and do this forever. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Did you notice at the beginning when they're greeting the three Tokra all give a little bow at the same time? And I just thought it was I was really too distracted cute. by their lack of pants or presence
0: of pants <laughs> to notice that. That's funny.
1: Yeah, I was like, did they, have they always done little bows? I don't, I don't know. know for that, I'm but, no, I don't
0: know. I'm never watching for that. I'm but for sure elsewhere. I haven't
1: seen like them do it en masse yeah, that's <laughs> in mass altogether in unison. I, yeah. Hmm. So that was fun. it yeah, is <laughs> fun. The Tok'ra are fun. Yeah. <laughs> so they leave the gate room and they're walking along the hallways talking. Talking. Martooth is describing more about literal hell. This is a place where eternally fire is applied to their body. Teeth are extruded and burnt to ground and baked into cakes which are passed around. Which is called Natu. It is a moon that orbits Sokar's home planet. It's also a Pokemon. Is it? (laughs) It is. Nice. (laughs) It's
0: like an owl kind of thing. Bird kind of thing. Ooh. I haven't played that game in a while. We could look it up. Okay. I don't care that much. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I can just open my... If I had my phone, I would actually check my inventory, because I know I have one, but...
1: Ah. Does, Does its fire burn strong, though? It's not a fire Pokemon, Kathy. Uh, okay. <laughs> what do I know? Nothing. I've never actually played a Pokemon game.
0: Ugh. Pokemon I, Go is the only one I've
1: played. I used to watch the cartoon sometimes oh, yeah. when I was I used in, to watch the cartoon in college. You. Oh, yeah. yeah. In college. <laughs> I think high school, uh but then also college. Oh, maybe high school. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I watched Blues Clues in college too, so it's fine.
1: Pikachu is so cute.
0: And then I was watching Star Trek when I was like a kid, so
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've got things a
0: little backwards. And by a kid I mean I was like five yeah. watching GOS. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Martooth's talking about hell and Sam asks if her he's sure her dad's still alive. At which point Martooth stops and holds her hand and he says he's sorry that this must be difficult for her. And Selmax slash Jacob has been probably brutally tortured. And again, probably not dead. I'm not dead. Cuz Sokar loves torture and hates not being able to torture people cuz they died. He sounds great. Yeah. Definitely somebody you want to be friends with. Yeah, we should invite him. Certainly not enemies. We should I invite suppose. him to our weekly gathering. We could. <laughs> I bet he likes a good IP. I know it. Oh man. He would drink 120 minutes on 120. Oh, yeah. 120, 120 minutes on 120.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Jeff and I have the unhealthiest holiday celebration in the world, which is to drink nine Magic number nines on 9-9, which we've done every year for almost nine years now, I think. Maybe that'll be when we can finally give it up. It's terrible. It's not a good beer, and it's just an awful (laughs) day, but we do it anyway. And so today he suggests that we do 120 Dogfish Head 120-minute beers. And that would for sure kill all of us. Yeah, <laughs> We'd be dead way, way before even getting there.
1: And I was even thinking, oh, maybe we could do 120 ounces. But even that's still like 10 beers. Yeah, <laughs> That's still a lot. 20 minute is <laughs> 12 ounces. not a, yeah. uh, it is not a beer to be trifled How with. How about
0: I will do 120 ounce, 120. There
1: you go. Which is still a lot of
0: beer because it's like, what, 12%? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's. It's a high one. Yeah. Or you could do 120 milliliters. True. Wait, 120 um, milliliters? Oh, yeah. That would be like nothing.
0: Okay. I'm fine with so,
1: that. So, Sokar is torturing Jacob. Jack interprets this as them be- going on a rescue mission. Martuth though, says, to their knowledge, no one has ever escaped from Natu, <gasps> except for Jolinar. <gasps> That's a convenient coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Sam says, oh. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. In the briefing room,
0: pretty much everybody has gathered. All the Tok'ra and all of SG-1, as well as Hammond, are gathered around, talking about what their plan of action should be. Daniel says that it makes sense that a Gua'uld impersonating the devil would naturally create a place like Netu to be a literal hell in real existence. He talks about how there was a very similar concept in the Egyptian Book of Amtat. He says that there was a kind of how-to guide on making such a place. Martooth says that what they know of Netu is based mostly on legends since there's only ever been one survivor to actually escape. Those legends were likely spread by Sokar himself in order to scare people so it's hard to tell how much is actually true. Apparently, Jolinar never actually said how she got out. She was extremely traumatized and very badly injured when she did make her way out, and there was a long and painful recovery, and then she refused to ever speak of the entire incident again. So even though Carter only had Jolinar for a short time, they're hoping that maybe somewhere buried in her mind is a recollection of how Jolinar escaped. And they're going to use some technology to make that happen in the form of those little temporal button things that we saw before. Yeah. Jack wants to take multiple units with them, not just their own, but because they want to try to be as covert as possible. Martooth says that they can't bring a full incursion. It's got to just be a small handful of people. Selmak's recovery is really high priority, but even higher priority than that is just getting the information that Selmak was gathering there, because they think that the system lords are going to be attacked by Sokar, which would essentially weaken all the others and give Sokar a whole shit ton of power
1: as a result. Ugh, my God. Yeah. Yep. The devil right. doing devil things. He's doing the Who devil's knew? work, yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: So at first, although they are all like, yay, great, he could take out the system lords for us, they now, because of Martooth's argument, realize, oh no, wait, that would suck. And he says that without wanting to sound too overly dramatic, the fate of the galaxy might be at stake here. (laughs) Jack's like, that's a little bit overly dramatic. (laughs) Hammond says that they don't really have an option, they're going to have to go, so everyone will be leaving as soon as they can possibly get ready. Jack's like, great, well, figured I was going to go to hell sooner or later, so might as well be now. <sniffs> Perfect. An yes. Ooh, that was
1: a lot of talking. Yes. Oh. Later, once they've all gotten ready, they assemble in the control room, or most of them anyway, Sam and Jack and Martuth and the general. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> i'm fine Good job. you made it everything's great yeah <laughs> martooth tells them the Tel'tak, which is a ship they need for their journey waits for them on the planet vorash to jack's surprise he's like ship and martooth explains natu doesn't have a stargate so they're gonna have to go by ship jack tells him he hates surprises And Martooth is like, no worries. We got plenty of time. We'll tell you all about the details on the way. (laughs) Jack is not into this, but what else can he do? Not a whole
0: lot. And
1: yeah, so there's not much to do. The gate has been dialing this whole time and finally opens. And they're about ready to go. Hammond tells Carter... To bring her father back safely,
0: like, duh. What I heard was you will bring your father back safely, which I Uh, thought was weird since he's staying behind and the four of them, five of them are going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Well, Jack's like, we're all over this. They head down. They do. And out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They make their way to a planet. There's
0: an interesting landscape, which is desert-like, but not like, not the dunes type of desert that we've seen, but more high desert i believe it is with packed sand and then the background there's mountains and some uh, like old volcanic columns of stone that used to be lava and then there's a bunch of balanced rocks on top it's a cool place the (laughs) Teltec from this angle looked oddly like an old leather shoe in a way that hasn't made me think of old leather (laughs) shoes before but
1: (laughs) i (laughs) just think they look like little beetles or something i
0: don't know anyway (laughs) yeah it was weird looking They go inside and Sam thinks that it looks Familiar and that's apparently because This was the ship the, the exact ship that Jolinar Was found on when she escaped from Netu The first time around Or I guess the only time around in that case yeah.
1: I just think all teletacks look alike. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, apparently so, because when they go up to the bridge, they realize it looks pretty familiar up there. Daniel opens a central control mechanism and then closes it quickly. While Jack po- like, shakes a finger at him, because this thing looks just like the self-destruct mechanism that Eris Bach had that they accidentally turned on. So they did not turn it on this time. Tilk and Martouf talk a little bit about what it's equipped with. It does not have the ability to make itself invisible, unfortunately, but apparently, Tilk is a pretty good pilot. I'm fly. I'm pilot. And should be able to maneuver this thing pretty well if any trouble arises. So he is going to try his best to evade and avoid anybody that might be out there in space with him as he's orbiting around the Netu area. Daniel thinks that Tilk should come with him, but uh, apparently they really need somebody who actually knows what they're doing to stay on the ship. So he's going to stay behind SG-3 quarters and Martouf, making a full SG-1, will be going to the planet and leaving him behind. So Martouf, Martouf, after all this, asks if they're ready to go, and Jack says, hell to hell with it. us. <laughs> Cheerfully. To the hell. But Daniel and <laughs> Sam look a little bit more skeptical.
1: Yeah. And we see... I don't know the ship flying through hyperspace and hard cut. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We see Tilk flying the ship. You know, good times. Actually, yeah, it was it was Tilk flying the ship and
0: then a hard cut to the cargo area. It was weird.
1: (laughs) It was weird. Also, this is another episode that's really weirdly lit. It is super dark. (sighs) You can't see people and. I feel like it at least makes a little bit more
0: sense for this one because they're inside a ship that, you know, why waste it's a bunch true. of extra energy on lighting and then they're on a planet that's supposed to be hell. But the last few episodes where they were just like wandering around the base made way less sense to me.
1: Fair. But this one, like, for instance, when Daniel goes to grab that thing or whatever on the bridge and Jack like stops him, it took me a good, you know, minute to... F- try to, to figure out if it was Martooth or Danielle. Oh, I yeah. le- I was like, I legit don't know. Yeah, and there was a scene and later. later on. Oh yeah. Go yeah, ahead. With the tackling scene. Yeah.
0: That was gonna say the same thing. I was like, who did that? I actually went back and read the transcript to see what it said. <laughs> Maybe this person's just like a really big Caravaggio and Carascaro fan. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe.
1: But anyway, so we finally land inside the cargo area where Three quarters and Martuth are hanging out. Martuth imparts more knowledge about nature that it was once an industrialized colony of the planet Delmac. Sokar conquered Delmac, turned that into his homeworld, and then he totally ravaged the moon, turning it into hell. <laughs> Domacmet reminds me of Darlek,
0: even though they don't really sound all that much alike at all, <laughs> except for the first and last letter.
1: <laughs> That's enough.
0: It's not my bionics.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he like blew holes in the surface and put toxins in the air. Barely good breathable times. toxins. Yeah. I might add. Because
0: I have yes. <laughs> problems later.
1: <laughs> oh good. <laughs> not too long of a tangent. Meanwhile, he is preparing to put the temple tablet on Sam. I don't remember what you called it. I called it a button. (laughs) Memory button. The memory Memory button. I don't know. Nubbin button. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) The memory nubbin. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, he's going to put it on. He warns her about the pain, but she's like, we've done this before. Don't worry about us. They're old hands at this. Yeah, to the point where Daniel's like, so we're gonna see holographic images of Jolinar's memories. And Martooth though is very thoughtful and is like, no, because you might get some of Sam's Sam's private personal memories. So maybe, maybe we won't show you that. Daniel, that
0: feature off, asshole.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he puts a sonic screwdriver up against the (laughs) the nubbin, and they get started. And we, we land in a flashback. Woo! At least it's not one we've seen before. Yes. Yeah. This is a new flashback, yeah. and it has cookies, so what could be right? bad about it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, Sam is finishing up some cookie making, it looks like. Cookie! When her dad comes in, looking extremely distraught. She asks why he's been crying, and he can't answer because he's so distraught. And Sam asks, where's mom? And then drops the spatula. So clearly, she just learned her mom died. Sucks. bad. Bad Bad memory. Bad memory. (laughs) After the flashback, Carter is extremely distraught.
0: Martooth says to listen to her and tries to talk her out of it, because she is saying that she's stuck in her own past, so he... (laughs) <laughs> as Kathy was mentioning before just dulcetly smoothly talks her through it saying to think of Jolinar and, and the last night we spent together and it works she is suddenly finding herself any place in Martouth's arms with a pretty sunset happening behind her and she says that she can see it and they hug and they're petting each other's faces and Sam says that they didn't talk about the fact that Jolinar was leaving because they both knew how dangerous the mission was going to be. In the flashback, Jolinar and Martooth kiss. And when we come back from the flashback, she's got her head tilted to the side like she's actually kissing Martooth, even though he's a good couple feet away. Jack and Daniel are looking super awkward at this point as she says, you stayed up all night together. And then we're back outside looking at the ship moving through hyperspace. <laughs> and then we're back in the cargo area.
1: Back in the cargo area, (laughs) back and forth, back and forth. (laughs) Just in case you forgot, they're traveling. They're just going to put that out there for you. Sam is laying on her stomach, not asleep, and she gets up to go poke Martooth to try the memory stick again. That's not a stick, the memory button (laughs) again. Martooth wants to make sure she's okay with sharing anything she learns, so he tells her that he does not want her to hold anything back for any reason, because he doesn't need protection. Then he starts it up again. And then we get a flashback of Jelinar on her knees, and a a Jaffa behind her, I think. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're torturing the shit out of her with one of those sparkle sticks. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And she is screaming in pain. Whew. As is Carter when we return to her in present
0: day. And she's yelling to shut it off, shut it off. Jack screams, do it. So Martooth takes the device off and says that the next time that they turn it on and try it again, he'll set it at a lower setting. Why not do that in the first place when they knew that Jolinar was tortured?
1: I don't know! Why did he do that? Yeah,
0: I don't know. So, they give, Yeah, so he turns it down. They give it another try. Sam says that they were on a ship like this one, and they put her in a descent pod, and then there was fire all around her, and it was very hard to breathe. You get a flashback down on the surface of Netu, and Jolinar is walking around. She walks her way into a, the room of a very lecherous-looking man with glowing eyes. Creep. And then she loses her train of thought. It is quite creepy. Yeah.
1: She loses her thought. Martooth is kind of like, I don't know, stating the obvious, yeah. and maybe that's his way of losing patience. I'm not sure. He seemed to be getting But he a little still impatient. says it in his, like, we will arrive soon, yeah. in his Martooth voice. And she says, no, maybe I can't do this. He says, you have to. And then Jack calls him over for a sidebar. I like calls that Jack him calls him Marty. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, all right. Just gave him a nickname without even asking, yeah. huh? And then it just
0: continues huh? for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so he takes Martooth off to the side and tells him he is pushing a little hard. And Martooth restates they don't have a lot of time. And Jack says she knows the stakes. Martooth then says if she doesn't remember how Jolinar escaped, he's not going to allow anyone to go with him to the surface. Mm. Because anyone who goes down there will likely not return. Martooth is going to go anyway because he's going to find Selmak and send any information Selmak has gathered to them. So then they can leave and go share it with the Tok'ra. And Jack's like, what are we going to do? Leave you and Jacob down there to rot? Bartooth's like, well, we can't get out. So, yeah, no way much. to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jack sets him straight. He's like, Carter's not going to let you go without her, and I won't let it happen. And also, Jolinar escaped. So, since someone's been done it before, it can be done again. The end. Not the end of the episode, but not the actual end. The end of this the story. The end of the argument. Yeah. Yeah. Jack wins. Issue settled. Lose, Jack Marteus. always wins. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Elsewhere, off in the cargo area, Sam is talking to Daniel. He's trying to, seems to be trying to comfort her a little bit. He asks if she's going to be okay, and she says, Yeah, everything is just kind of confusing because she's getting fragments of thoughts and feelings about things that happened, and she has vague recollections of what she says is a man that was less than attractive. She knows his name, but she can't remember his name, but she knows whatever she had to do with him was awful, and she gets a sick feeling whenever she remembers him. So Daniel correctly guesses that something happened between that guy and Jolinar and Sam nods. And she says that it was even worse than the torture and pain that the pain stick caused. Something that Jolinar never wanted Martooth to find out about. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. (laughs) The Teltac moves past a planet towards a moon. And we get a nice view outside. And then we're back inside.
1: Inside, outside, inside, outside. Tealq. Comes to see them in the cargo area to let them know we have arrived at the court. <laughs> Martuth is telling them the need to keep hidden the temple nubbin. Yeah. <laughs> the memory nubbin thing. From any denizens <laughs> they may encounter. I do like that they called the yeah. inhabitants of this planet denizens. Right. They refer
0: to them that way yeah. the whole time. It's pretty great.
1: Yeah. So he hides it behind her ear. I guess you can stick it anywhere. Apparently.
0: It's a thicker (laughs) bone back there. It probably hurts way more, and it's farther from your brain.
1: Don't worry, though. He left it on a minimal setting. It'll be fine.
0: (laughs) Everything's fine. Yeah,
1: this is fine. Jack's handing out weapons. Martooth objects to this because no one else is going to have weapons, and they're not going to blend in. Jack's like, well, he hides the gun in his pants and says, we'll attempt to blend in, but we're not going unarmed. I bet it works well. Yeah, it's going to work great. So another way they can not blend in is by carrying around a communication device, which is what Martooth then pulls out <laughs> so that they can communicate with Teal'c while they're on the planet. That also fits in, like, a pocket, though. So they're going to also try to hide that in their pants sure. or whatever. And Fortunately, Martooth is wearing pants, so he has pockets. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's about it. Yeah. They've got a device, they've got some guns Good to go they do. So they make their way down To the pods,
0: wherever those are In this ship Daniel looks out uh, On the view screen and Says that's, um, that's still Pretty far away <laughs> And Martooth is like yeah Pods are going to be really fast <laughs> <laughs> And Daniel is like Is that supposed to make me feel Better? But they've got heat dampening shields and anti-gravity wave generators and, uh, yeah, everything will be fine. It's just fine. Jack's like, great, smooth sailing. And Tilk's like, not exactly, O'Neil.
1: He stands up at that point and I thought he was going to say something. Yeah, I did too. And I he that. didn't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, he really looked like he
0: was about to say something else, but no. That's yeah, it. Yeah. No. <laughs> so they get into these horror boxes, also known as Pods.
1: Are you prepared? Uh, no. Not really.
0: <laughs> I would have just died on the way down from anxiety. Space coffins? Yeah, they're <laughs> coffin-shaped, they're small, and then they're falling at great speed. Just, no, I would already be dead at this point just because my brain would have exploded. But thankfully, the team makes it down to Earth safely. And uh, they're, they're all, all fine. They don't even vomit all over themselves. Yeah, they don't even vomit all over themselves from all the yeah. Gs or, you know, lose their eyes <laughs> but, out of their... Tops of their skulls or whatever. Their brains don't explode from all the blood. They're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, Yeah. They contact Teal'c and let him know that they're all okay. And apparently their communicator thingy is working fine. And so they leave their pods and start making their way towards each other and around the planet. Ooh. Somehow Sam knows the way, which kind of makes sense. Must be an yeah. embedded memory.
1: So they follow her. Seems like a good plan. Yeah, they do follow her down to some tunnel underground. Mm-hmm. So they're underground. Yeah, Daniel says his lungs are burning. <laughs> See, well, this is—it wasn't like a big issue
0: that I had, but just before when they were talking about. Pumping barely breathable gases into the atmosphere, and then here Daniel's like, "My lungs are burning." <laughs> are you surprised? <laughs> you're bringing, you're breathing barely breathable toxic gases.
1: <laughs> but at least it's a dry heat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> says Jack. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Yeah. Teal reaches out to make sure they are still able to communicate. It's all good. So they. Follow Sam further down into the
0: tunnels. Isn't it a bad idea for Teal'c to call them if their purpose is to be blending in? I would think so. You would think that it should be a surface to Teal'c only.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of deal. Yeah. So they're headed to the old colony remains. It's one of the only habitable places left on the planet. Fun. Yeah. As they
0: continue down through the tunnels, Daniel asks, is it just me, or is it actually getting hotter in here? And again, I was wondering, how is he surprised by this? There's volcanoes everywhere, and they're walking deeper and deeper underground. Oh, dear. Yeah, this is where I was thinking, you know, they should really get him to enlist in the military, but then also, at the same time, change his last name to Obvious, and then give him an immediate promotion so that he can be Captain Obvious from here on out, but that is not what happened. They continue on their way. Down one fork, there is a big river of lava flowing. So Carter's like, uh, this way, pointing to the other <laughs> hallway. That's also pretty obvious, Sam. Good job. And they finally make it to a place where there's boxes and signs that people have been around and a whole bunch of screaming, which is one of the main indicators that there are people around. Yeah. Jack says it's sure not the Emerald City. There's a whole bunch of fires, and they finally see a whole bunch of people. These people approach them looking skeptical, <laughs> and Jack's like, howdy, we're new here. Hard to tell, <laughs> but it's true. Sam suddenly gets a flashback of herself making out with creepy lecherous dude from before and screams out his name, Binar, which apparently everybody recognizes because they all back away and start murmuring. So SG ones like, yeah, we, uh, you know, we came to see Binar." Maybe take him to him. Somebody comes up and asks, well, who are you? And Jax says, people of little consequence, pay no attention to
1: us.
0: (laughs) Multiple Wizard of Oz references this time around. Yeah. 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 The guy says to kneel before them, he's got a a pretty fancy looking guy. He's got a helmet on and a metal veil over his face so that we can't see what he actually looks like. And some red armor, like reddish black armor. He tells them to kneel. Sam wants to know who this guy is. And apparently it is Naonak, who is the first prime of Binar. And Binar is Lord of Netu, Lord of Pokemon. The, that Pokemon, at least. They're insistent again that they've come to see Binar. But Naonak's like, no, not so much. You're going up to the surface. So SG-1 pulls all their guns because way to blend in and stay yep. uh, stealthy and not blow your cover. They tell everybody to back off, both Neonac and all the guards and everybody. But from a distance, somebody takes out Jack, and we see that there's a guy standing up on a on a ledge who's got some sparkle bling. Was that Neonac or was that someone different? I thought that was someone different. Uh, no, I think that was Binar. Oh, okay. Carter pulls out her gun at this point. There's firing all around. Bynar is there and wants to know who calls for him by name. And Sam says that she does. She is Samantha Carter, host of Jolinar of Mulkshire. Binar seems interested by this revelation and says take their weapons and throw them into the pit. Yay, a pit. Yeah. The pit of despair.
1: <laughs> and Jack says, of course, <laughs> pit. <laughs> the team are then thrown into a pit. Yes. <laughs> which I think it's really funny that they throw them into a pit, but it's clearly a place. Like it's just a level down yeah. and there's other ways out of it in and out. <laughs> right. So they don't have to be thrown down a pit. They just do that for fun. Yeah. It's just like, like yeah. cells with a hallway outside, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. So good times. Mm-hmm. O'Neill remarks that the smell keeps getting better and better, which is great. Daniel feels discouraged or that things do not look encouraging. <laughs> There are other people in the cell with them, but we don't really see them much. Daniel notes that they had been told that Sokar didn't allow weapons, but one of them had a staff weapon and somebody had sparkle bling. I mean, wouldn't it make sense that his guards would have some weapons? I would think so, but Martooth also says he does not understand. But how else would you maintain control of a prison? Yeah, I don't, like... I don't know. A prison planet, yeah. no less. It's not like they're all locked up people. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe they are. We don't see it. There are, but, yeah, yeah, there's
0: cells here, but like up on the... Well, it wasn't the surface, but up the one level higher. They were just all kind of like wandering around, so... Yeah.
1: Who knows? Yeah. When Martooth says he doesn't understand why they have weapons, Jack says surprise surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just cracks me up, because Jack was so angry about the surprise. He does not like surprise. Carter, though, remembers... Apparently that Binar is the leader of the planet and he's allowed to have a hand device and one staff weapon for his first prime. Martooth wants to know why she thought yelling out to Bynar and telling her who she was would be a good idea. And she says that she thinks he's the one that helped her escape. And when asked why, she just kind of trails off. Like, she Awkward. just says she... And it's awkward, and everyone understands what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So regardless of whether Binar likes Shulinar or helped her, he's the way out. Yeah. Still disturbing, and Martooth is sad. Yes. And then we hear Jacob say Sam's name. <laughs>
0: This yeah. is so convenient. <laughs> yeah. Not only they're are they the both in the pit, pit, but they're in the same cell in this place that yeah. has multiple cells.
1: <laughs> she goes over to him. Yep. He's like, "Am I dreaming?" And she says, "No, we're real." So he asks if they're crazy. Jack says, "Apparently." <laughs> he tells them that Selmac is dying. That's not good. Yeah. And then Martooth pulls out some little plastic, tiny bottle. It's kind of similar in look to the one that um what's his face had on that planet, Erisbach, yeah, Arisbach, thank you, by God, welcome.
0: also, I noticed that Jacob referred to Selmak as he here. I think it's the first time they've done that, yeah. I'm pretty sure they've always called Selmak she up to this point. I was wondering why the change that's true
1: well, I mean, I think that the the symbiote itself doesn't have gender, right. right no,
0: it doesn't, but I was just wondering but- why why the random change does the symbiote just kind of like adopt the gender identity of the person that they're in over time or do they just decide it was easier i don't know (laughs) who knows it was just random
1: so yeah martooth gives him a little squirt of liquid which apparently is going to help but only so far absinthe i'm the green fairy sure it's probably absinthe. That would probably make things better i don't know (laughs) jack then asks marty for another sidebar (laughs) So they step away. He's asking Martooth if Jacob is going to make it. Martooth says only if they can get him out of there soon. Meanwhile, Sam is trying to make her dad comfortable and let him know everything's going to be okay. Hmm. Mm. It's sad. Yeah. Back up on the ship,
0: Tilk is looking at the view screen. And he sees a beam of light moving from Netu towards the planet. And it's the kind of beam of light we've seen before when somebody's transporting someplace via rings. Yeah. Yeah. On the planet surface, we get a view of this city. It was a very Star Wars type looking city. Lots of flying cars and interesting architecture. Then finally, we are in Sokar's palace. Binar walks into the throne room and kneels down and says he's humbled by the presence of his Lord Sokar. Sokar's basically like, well, I don't have time for you. What the hell do you want? Bynar wants to offer thanks for returning Jolinar to him, but Sokar's like, what now? He had <laughs> no idea about what Binar was talking about, and so he's like, all right, well, uh, make sure you capture them, find out who sent them, why they're here, and then kill them all, and don't mess this up. I was wondering, I know they talk about this a little bit later, but I was wondering like, if Jolinar supposedly betrayed Bynar and escaped. How and why was Bynar not killed for that, knowing what we know now of Gowald?
1: Because Sokar doesn't like to kill people. He likes to torture him. That's why he only took his that's eye.
0: That's true. That's true. You're right.
1: Spoiler Although he could have just made him a prisoner. <laughs> oh, wait. Didn't we already see his, like, no eye there in that? Did
0: yeah, we... but we didn't know. Well, we didn't mention that he oh, lost an eye. And also, we don't yet that's... know why he lost his eye.
1: Oh, okay. Well, so spoiler alert, he lost spoiler. his eye from Sokar
0: taking revenge
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway
0: not that important
1: Sokar's nails Um. are too long and gross too
0: yeah oh yeah his fingernails were really long and nasty and so as we're watching his disgusting and long fingernails Sokar also says that a ship must have brought these intruders so they're gonna need to find it and destroy it and some other guy obeys that command
1: yeah yeah down in the pit Martooth is squirting more liquid into Jacob's mouth it looks like an eyedrop bottle Yeah, I don't know.
0: I hope it's not actually eyedrops, because those work as laxatives. (laughs) 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 The guy that plays Jacob, I'm forgetting his name at the moment, would have a really bad day after this filming, if that were the case.
1: (laughs) But also, eyedrops aren't
0: usually green, so let's hope it's not (laughs) eyedrops.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Martooth lets him know they are able to relay communications to the Tokara. So Jacob tells them... That Sokar's fleet is, bad news, 10 times larger than they thought, and he's poised to attack six key system lords and will win. (laughs) That's not good. No. Yeah. Also, this is going to happen pretty soon. Two weeks from the day he was captured is the plan, and that was already four days ago. Yep. Sure was. Yeah, so they need to, Martooth says, relay this immediately. Yeah. So Jack tries to radio tilk. So all of these scenes that are being filmed
0: on NetU have, like, there's lots of screaming and background noises happening. (laughs) And Jeff was with me. He hadn't left for work yet when I was watching this. And he's like, you know, that sounds like those Halloween background noise tapes that they used (laughs) to sell, (laughs) like the Halloween stores. And then after Mm -hmm. that, I couldn't unhear it. So that was all I was thinking about for the entire rest of the episode. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but he was right <laughs> yeah that's that's a good point yeah, yeah. the screams were uh definitely noticeable yeah. but had not made that connection <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> O'Neill it is I
0: <laughs> back up on the ship Jack is calling in and Tilk answers O'Neill it is I, <laughs> I just that was funny <laughs> He tells Teal'c that they, Jack tells Teal'c that they found Jacob, but he's not in good shape and they haven't figured out a way to escape yet. But Martooth wants to talk to him. Martooth says he's got an important message that needs to be relayed to the Toker High Council if they don't get out of there. But then all of a sudden somebody comes in, door opens, the guard comes in. And so Martooth goes and hides around a column and stops talking, of course. Naonak comes in, the guy from before and says that sam is gonna go with him (laughs) jack's like who's calling nanak doesn't care what jack has to say though and sam is pretty emphatic that this might actually work out well in their favor to figure out a way out of there so she thinks that she should go with the guy jack relents not that he really has a choice sam tells him to look after her dad while he's gone great jack was very sweaty in that scene he was well, they're all. I mean, it is a very hot place. I
1: know, but like you know, I don't know. I think it basically ends on a close up of his face, uh, and I'm yeah. like, "You're so sweaty." True. <laughs> anyway, true. So they take Sam up to see Binar, and he's in his. I don't know where is he in his. I don't know special Binar layer. That's sure.
0: This seems like his personal yeah. quarters or something. Yeah, that's where I like to threaten people.
1: Yeah. Well, where else would you do it? Well, you need to feel comfortable. Exactly. In order to really properly threaten right. people. So, yeah. I lounge on the bed with coconut
0: sitting on my lap and st- growling menacingly at everyone that comes in. And yep. Lily sits on the floor and whines at
1: them. And then I threaten them. <laughs> Dr. Evil always had Mr. Bigelow <laughs> with him because that was how he was most comfortable, too. It's very true. Although his threats were ineffectual. <laughs> As are
0: mine. It's okay.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mm, anyway. <laughs> Oh, God, I haven't... Sorry. <laughs> I haven't don't seen know. that in a very
1: long time. Me either, but all of a sudden I was like, and when Mr. Bigglesworth gets upset, <laughs> people, people die. die. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my God. I used to quote that all the time. Yeah. I have not tried to revisit that movie because I just don't think it'll be a good idea. No, I don't think it holds anyway. up. <laughs> yeah. Bynar kind of gives Sam a little once-over, pours a beverage for her. Although she does not want it or accept it. That's probably for the best. She knows what's in that. Yeah. He notes she has no symbiote. And therefore, how does she know of Jolinar, he asks. And Sam says she once carried her. And Bynar says that Jolinar would have died on the surface before she showed her face to him again. So, yeah. He's disappointed. <laughs> Sam asks, is that because she betrayed you? And he grabs her face and squeezes her. <laughs> <laughs> just a little yeah yeah he makes her i don't know look at her his big ugly scarred eye
0: yeah he should really get that checked out because it's oozing yeah gross yeah yeah what the hell is his slacker hagfish doing not taking care of that oozing for him
1: that's a good question i wonder if you torture somebody enough can the hagfish no longer heal maybe not Um, or maybe
0: there's like some kind of poison that you can put into an injury that would
1: keep a hagfish from being able to fix it or go near it i don't know maybe you can order the hagfish not to heal you (laughs) (laughs) otherwise you'll just kill you
0: both i don't know anyway (laughs) i don't think hagfish take directions very well at least not in my experience
1: (laughs) that's true (laughs) although this one is you know being a little mini god on a planet underneath another god so that's true these
0: hagfish are Probably a lot more intelligent than the ones
1: that I've dealt with. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want there to be intelligent hagfish on Earth. No, that would be terrible. In There would just be reality, slime and yeah. dead things everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, yeah, he's showing off his ugly eye, telling her, look what Sokar took from me because of her. He demands to know where she is, and Sam tells him she is dead. He asks if she remembers how Jelenaar escaped, but Sam does not remember. And he asks, why are you here? Back down in
0: the pit, we still hear the weird screaming soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) Jacob asks for Sam, but Daniel says that she's not there. She'll be back eventually. But right now she's with Binar. Jacob is not too happy to hear about that. But Martooth tries to reassure him that Binar's, according to Sam, Binar is going to be the key to their escape. So it's important but Jacob says that this guy is Sokar's eyes and ears, so he's not going to help them in any way. He's there to ensure that there are no uprisings and basically to keep things terrible. And he also reports back to Sokar regularly, particularly relishing in all of the suffering that is happening on the planet. That's cool. Good group of guys. Yep. Yeah. Martooth, though, picks up on the fact that Binar and Sokar are conversing frequently and asks so well, he comes here and jacob says no binar goes down to the planet but jacob unfortunately does not know how he manages to get down there no no
1: yep. back in binar's room he asks sam if they've come to rescue their most recent addition the tokra selmak and then he also asks did you think i helped Jolinar to escape and sam says she did he asks why and she says because you loved her he's like you're wrong she says, but then why do you hate her so much? Because you can only hate somebody if you love them, oh, right? Yeah. That's
0: totally how that works. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. He's upset because her death has robbed him of his revenge that he has long dreamed of, which is not an answer <laughs> as to why he hates her so much, but that's okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sam notices a star necklace that Barnard is wearing, and then suddenly she is Transported to a flashback in which Jelinar steals that necklace from Binar while he's asleep. I should probably mention that yes. she doesn't just rip it off of him because that would <laughs> no. probably not go well. And she sticks it in a little keyhole somewhere against the wall. Yeah. And then she steps over and rings the hell out of there. <laughs> She's now seen how Jelinar escaped. Woohoo! That sounds good, yeah. but the happiness that might come with that is short lived because Bynar is going to kill her. That's bad. Even though it will not give him yeah, the same satisfaction as killing Jolinar, it'll give him a little bit, and that's enough. <laughs> so he puts up the sparkle bling, but suddenly somebody <laughs> gets shot from behind. That's good. By Naonak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> He's sure dead. He yep. Yeah. Back down in the pit,
0: Sam has returned to everybody. She says that she's doing okay and figured out that the transportation rings up in Bynar's quarters that Martuth figures must lead to Sokar's palace. So that's going to somehow be their way out because once Jolinar made it there, she stole a cargo ship and that's how she escaped. Then off screen, we hear a voice calling that the Lord of Netu is dead. And everybody wants to know what just happened. And Sam says, yeah, Nanak just killed Bynar. So that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just like everybody watching, she has no idea why. SG-1 has no idea why. We have no idea why. But came in there, killed Natu, and then threw her back in the pit. Jacob says that the denizens will riot. And so everyone else is like, great. We can take advantage of this chaos and make our escape. Woo. Daniel's like, to do what? Go to Sokar's palace? (laughs) Jack's like, well, it's at least a way out. Yeah, Danielle's always an optimist as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam does point out that she was only one person and had a hand device, so that would make it a little bit easier for her sneaking around Sokar's palace than it would for them. Jacob says that they should just leave her behind because he's just going to hold them back. It's five people for able-bodied people and an injured person who can't walk. Jack's <laughs> like, well, you're kind of missing the whole point of this rescue mission. <laughs> <laughs> so they start talking about the rings themselves and whether or not it would be possible to direct the rings that are in Binar's quarters to someplace else. And Martooth says they're kind of like how Stargates work. They might not necessarily even be able to reprogram it easily themselves, but if some other ring system got in the way and intercepted, then they could go to where that different ring system intercepted. So they're like, great. That means if we have Tilk get in the way, then we will end up bringing onto the ship that he's flying instead of in Sokar's palace. So that's gonna be the plan. They're gonna figure out how to tell Tilk the right coordinates. They're gonna get those rings activated and they will be off the planet
1: and safe. Sweet. Yeah. Unfortunately though, we might have a little kink in the plan. Just a bit. because out in space sokar's folks have found tilk and are firing on him yep. daniel radios tilk and tilk says he reads him but it's hard to hear while he's still trying to you know get a clear connection there to tilk the guard comes in and is like what are you doing <laughs> and i really enjoyed this, this daniel's funny. like I'm just communicating with my friends through this little communication (laughs) device. (laughs) I really appreciated the very matter of fact (laughs) delivery of that. It was really good. (laughs) So the guard starts to advance on them and then suddenly somebody, maybe maybe Jack, maybe Martooth, can't really tell, tackles the guy and knocks him down. He literally, like, flew in <laughs> out of nowhere. It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know who it was. Yeah. I really couldn't tell. This transcript
0: says Martooth, but I'm not convinced. You really couldn't tell.
1: <laughs> can't tell. Either way, another guard comes in. They're fighting. Carter kicks him. Jack knocks him in the head. Another guy comes in. It's all a big fight. It's good times. Yeah. Yeah. While that's happening, Daniel gets Jacob up and they all manage to get the hell out of there. They do. And Daniel tries reaching Tilk again. Yep. Tilk says that he copies,
0: but he's still very busy trying to evade some death gliders that are chasing him, (laughs) forcing him to move away from the moon. Then we're back down in the tunnels. Sam is trying to direct them to Bynar's quarters. Daniel's explaining the plan to Teal'c who promises that he will be in position. We see some random guy down below the staircase that they're climbing up. O'Neill notices that the random guy sees them and then the random guy wanders off. Jack is not very pleased. (laughs) No. They make it to Bynar's quarters and although Bynar's body is still there, unfortunately the necklace he was wearing, or the key on the necklace anyway, is gone. But Thankfully, Martooth knows how to hotwire a ring system. So he gets to work on that. (laughs) Out in the hall, we see some guards walking towards Bynar's quarters. And then we're back in Bynar's quarters.
1: Martooth is still working to hotwire the device. Jack's like, can you do this? And Martooth says, it will take time. And Jack's like, take all the time you need. (laughs) Meanwhile, outside... Many muscly men have gathered to (laughs) batter-ram the door open.
0: Sweaty, shirtless muscly men.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Dirty, sweaty, shirtless muscly men. Yes. Yeah. So hot. (laughs) Not (laughs) really. (laughs) No. I mean, like, literally hot because they're sweaty. Yeah. uh, It's true. Yeah. Kind of gross. <laughs> yep. Martooth keeps working while they batter ram the door. That's how you say that. <laughs> Daniel tells Tilk they're almost ready. Tilk's not responding because he's still, you know, up there evading death gliders. Yeah. He hasn't even
0: told SG three quarters and Martooth what's actually happening to him. So
1: no. Is he like
0: just trying to keep them from worrying, or
1: I was wondering Maybe, why he I didn't
0: mention his struggles. Maybe he just- I'm- He knows
1: he's got it under control. Yeah,
0: probably. It could be that. (laughs) Yeah. Fair.
1: Saving face, you know.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know. (laughs) Back in Vineyard's quarters, they're still working. They're still beating the door. Martu thinks he's about ready. He tells them to get ready. Daniel tries radioing Teal'c again, but he's not responding. Jack, however, is confident that regardless of his response, Teal'c will be in position. Then... Naonak shows up to watch the sweaty men bang away. <laughs> then Naonak has the hand device now and starts to sparkle bling because many sweaty men cannot burst through a door, <laughs> apparently. And not. apparently not. Just as Martuth gets this all ready and they're getting ready to go, Naonak bursts in along with his complement of whoops large men, <laughs> uh oh, large sweaty shirtless and... men. dirty, yeah, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so they've captured him. a guy tells them to kneel before Naonak because Naonak loves people kneeling, and then Naonak has a surprise for. Only the people in that room and not the audience, if they've been listening to this podcast. And he says, you shall call me Neonek no longer. From this day forth, I will reclaim my real name. And it sounds like him. And to no one's surprise, again, except SG-1 (laughs) and probably the prisoners, he takes off his face covering And fuck, man, it's Apophis, (laughs) who's not dead. I know. (laughs) Who could have seen that coming? Yeah. He's got a little two-face action happening, too. He does. You know, part metal on one side and, like... Yeah, he's lost half his face. Yeah. Yeah. His Yeah, so he dramatically reveals himself and says, Apophis. (laughs) Cookie. Cookie. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the end of an episode that is a two-parter it, <laughs> it is
0: yep yeah that part yep. one
1: of two yeah. yeah i actually couldn't completely remember if apophis came back but i was like fairly certain that he did i knew he did but i couldn't remember i didn't remember even though it's fairly obvious now that the shrouded man was yeah. probably gonna be Apophis. right <laughs> i knew he was in it
0: again but i couldn't remember if it was because of flashbacks or something else so like this whole time, they've been acting like he's dead and trying to convince everyone that he's dead, despite what, yeah. as we've pointed out, Martooth said about, ah, oh, nah, is going to bring him back to life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they repeated it multiple times, not specifically about Apophis, but in this very episode, they're like, he likes to yep. make them suffer, not make them die. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't like to kill people. Well, yep. Yeah. So that's that episode. Did you yeah. like it? Yeah. <laughs> I actually did. Yeah. I thought it was pretty exciting. The stakes were kind of high. I mean, I thought Sam was pretty naive to be like, yes, this gross man that I have creepy feelings about is probably going to be the one to help us. Yeah. But, sure will you know, do it? But,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's totally your friend. Don't worry. Yeah. He loves you. Oh, he yeah. loves you. But anyway, yeah. It was entertaining. Like, it was a very funny episode, mm-hmm. I thought, in some ways. And... That's what I look for, I think. Fabulous. Entertaining, exciting. What about you? Yeah. I did like this episode a lot. I liked getting more
0: of Jolinar's actual story yeah. and some of the things that happened to her rather than just, like, Sam having a brief memory of, like, some of her characteristics but not really remembering a whole lot about her as a person or who she was. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. As you said, it was, you know, it was a pretty fast-paced episode. It was interesting and Although I I mentioned in that one scene that it was a lot of talking, but for the most part, like it was a lot of dialogue going back and forth, but like switching, switching, like people radioing one place, you know, like talking to Teal'c, talking back down to the pit, up to Teal'c, back down to the pit. So it felt like it was pretty fast paced, even though it was a lot of dialogue by nature that so kept my attention pretty good. (laughs) Even without explosions. (laughs) Even without explosions. (laughs) There were fires. There were lots of fires. So, you know, that helped. Fires are pretty.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah enjoyable episode indeed what is next yeah next oh i have to pull it up i didn't actually do it beforehand like i planned to and then forget yep. half the time my brain isn't working never i mean does. i forgot i forgot a doctor's appointment today so we're lucky i'm like <laughs> here at all fair let's see do, do, do next netflix what say you friend netflix is my friend mm-hmm. netflix is our friend because they didn't get rid of stargate after <laughs> all That's true the next episode is Stargate SG One, season thirteen. No, <laughs> it is not Ooh. season thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the secret season that nobody else got. They but skipped us. ahead from ten to thirteen, and yeah, <laughs> and, but they st- But thirteen is right, you know, happens right in the middle of season three. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Stargate, we are watching... We are watching Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 13, The Devil You Know. SG-1 and Martooth have been captured on Natu by one of its denizens, who wants to use their information to overthrow the gold system lord Sokar. Gee, I wonder who they're talking about. Can't imagine who that would be. Let's see. Booklet, friend. What say you? Nope, that's still season two. Boop, boop, boop. The booklet says, During an attempt to rescue Carter's father, SG-1 is caught by one of Hell's denizens, determined to use the information they possess to overthrow the gold, Lord Sokar. Using Tok'ra technology, the team is forced to relive painful memories. But how much torture can they take? They really don't want to talk about Apophis, huh? Apparently not. Maybe they're trying not nice. to well, be too We did to not spoiler. Yeah. Well, that's that For sounds once.
0: like an awful episode.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Yay! Do we get to uh, like relive? Is going
1: to be a clip show again? <laughs> yeah. Do
0: we get to relive Daniel like losing his wife and losing his parents and O'Neill losing his son and oh all kinds God. of fun stuff like that
1: over and over and over.
0: <sighs> Good times. Good times. I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, we're stuck with it anyway. As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you hit subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they're released. Every Wednesday, you can find them on YouTube as well. And if you want to get them even earlier, you can be one of our patrons at patreon.com slash stargatesing. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com or you can visit our website at stargatesing.space. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram We're stargatesing at both of those I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargate sing the end. The end. <laughs> but
1: not for Apophis.
0: Are you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought I lost oh, you for I a second. should I keep going? My computer's oh, been no. weird, so I looked over and it was, I was like I couldn't hear anything. I was like, wait, I hope she didn't get dropped.
1: I backed away so I wasn't like breathing heavy into like... The... <laughs>